0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today is our D-Day. We get to finish, or I get to finish this Ten Commandments after 10 weeks. After 10 long weeks, we get to finish this. How many of you appreciate that 10 weeks that we've been here, you know, doing the Ten Commandments? (laughs) Yeah. You know, when we were preparing this message, more than us doing the preaching, it was the preaching doing to us. How do I, how do I explain that? Um, yeah, it was really ministering to, to our hearts. Actually, even today, just, uh, just preparing this message, um, God really had to correct a lot of things and issues here. So, I warn you, tonight might be the night that God will do some operating work. And that's what we're praying for. Amen. If you have missed some of our preachings, please download our Victory Alabang app, and then after downloading, just go listen to the podcast. Okay? If you missed it, hey, guess what? Before we start, you know, there's another game we want to play. I hope you're you're in for an, uh, another game. Are you in for another game? Are you ready for this? Oh, it's simple. It's it's what it's 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 called the Imagine Game. All right. So it's so easy, right? Just like the Honesty Game. All you need to do now is. Imagine. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Ready. Okay. When we do this, you need a partner. Okay. You have to have a partner. So your your seatmate. Get a partner. I'll give every partner sixty seconds to answer the million dollar question. Okay. Okay. Literally a million dollar question. Now here it is. If you were given forty-seven million to spend, only in one day. How will you spend it? Again, if you were given 47 million, that's the you know conversion rate, I guess, 47 pesos to a dollar. So it's a million dollar question. 47 million to spend only in one day, not two days, three days, only one. Everybody say only one. Oh, are you ready? Okay. Hey. Partner number one, raise your hand. Come on. Partner number one, raise your hand. Okay. Your time... Are you ready at the booth? Your time starts now. You have sixty seconds. Go ahead. How will you spend it? Come on. Come on. Ten, nine, eight you're done? That was quite fun. How many of you how many of you imagine a lot of things? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Did you imagine this? I mean, did you think of buying your dream car? Uh, gonna <laughs> I don't want to show pictures because it's an imagine game. Okay, you imagine the car. Okay, so it could be an SUV, a car, a Porsche, Ferrari, whatever. Lamborghini. Okay. Okay. How about this? How about this? Did you think of this? Did you think of this? Grab. We bahay n o. How about how about this? Your dream. <laughs> Sakaibupunta! Sa punta, Sa? New Zealand! San? Los Angeles! Pampanga? <laughs> oh no, wow! How about this? How about this? I guess you were also planning to spend it on your dream business, right? That was so exciting! How about this? How about this? I'm willing, I'm willing to. lang magbet, okay? But I'm willing to bet. That some of you thought of this. Your dream figure. <laughs> Hindi? You mean to tell me 47 million, you, don't, you didn't even think of spending it on you and look good? Oh. Wala mo lang liposuction or something? Wala. Wala. Okay, alright, alright. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> How about this? You want to pay? Yes! You mind not guess, huh? We're for Alright. And I think for most of us, we thought of giving, right? Yeah. Praise God. Now oh, give yourselves a big hand. Come on. Wow. How many of you felt that sudden rush when you, when we, when you heard 47 million pesos? How many of you got so excited? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> forty seven million but did did it bring out something your 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 heart suddenly leapedba Ohlong right? Okay, remember we just we just you know we just talked about no lying, right okay, so so what really came into you? It's not a possession, you're not possessed, okay? but there's something that happened today, and it's what we call. Desire. You had a desire. Now, desire is something you want, something you wish for, diba? Wish kulang, wish that 47 million pastor was true. You long for or you yearn for in life. That's desire. You know what's quite interesting? That this same word was used in the Bible, and it referred to the tenth commandment. Ah, it is, and it is what we call. Not that one, this one. Covet. Everybody say covet. But you're looking at me now and say, Pastor, that's such a hard word, you know, covet. Uh, that's a negative word for me. i heavy, Pastor. So probably you're thinking in your minds today, you're, you're asking yourself this question. Or you're going to ask me this question. Pastor. Is it evil to desire things? If not, then what makes them become evil? So today, that's what we need, we're going to tackle. That's what we are going to study today as we open our Bibles. And I want you to stand with me on your feet. If you have your Bibles with you, praise God. Okay? And open it to Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And verse 17, it says there, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 17, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant. Or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Let's just bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you for bringing us all together. Lord, we there's nothing we want more but to understand your word. So, Lord, we ask God that you be the one to open our spiritual eyes to the truth and open our hearts, Lord God, so that we may truly receive and understand your love for us through the scripture. Bless the preaching of your word and bless every person who's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ten, perfect law, perfect love. Now, um, I'd just like to give a recap of the whole Ten Commandments. Not that I'm going to be preaching all of them, but at least you have an understanding. So this is your first time and you're, it's the first time you're hearing this. We've been through the Ten Commandments. We're on our 10th. And the first one is this. Um, I want to give you the first five commandments. And first, we know the first commandment. In week one, we've talked about having just one God. You all remember, we've read it a while ago. I am the Lord your God. There shall be no other gods before me. So there's, there can be no other God, in other words, in our lives, right? right? Amen. Number two, or the second commandment, there's no substitute. Okay, You cannot have an idol to substitute God. That's pretty much what God is saying in this commandment. Third commandment, we need to honor God. We honor His name. You cannot use the name of God in vain. And of course, we know commandment number four, the day of rest, okay? It's called Sabbath. Okay, you need the day of rest. God gave us seven days and He gave us a day of rest. Or else, you might have another kind of rest. It's called uh, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. And the fifth... Really, it's the importance of family. We know that you know you want to honor your father and your mother. That's the promise of God that if you do, it will go well with you, right? That's a promise. It's very important. In fact, without the family, there's no nation, there's no community, there's no nation, there's no society, there is no civilization as we speak, right? The next five test commandment is the value of life. Talked about do not murder. And what did we learn? You can actually murder somebody just by thinking of, you know, by having that anger. Right? You all know that. Seventh, we've talked about the sanctity of marriage. That's why the Bible says do not commit adultery. Commandment number eight talks about the right to property so you cannot steal because God will punish basically because we have been given the right to our properties. And last week we've talked about the power of truth. We know that God is a God of truth. He is also a God of love and a God of justice. So the truth must set us free, right? And that's the truth. And today, then, do not covet. Basically, is the issue of contentment. Everybody say contentment. Yep. That's why do not covet. Okay. Do not covet. Now, the 10th commandment is the most fascinating. If not, it's the most engrossing, riveting, gripping, compelling, spellbinding, captivating, engaging, intriguing, or most of all, it's thought provoking. And I'll give you the reason why. Okay? Well, first of all, it is the commandment that when you violate it, it is a sin. We all know that, right? If you violate a, a commandment, it's a sin. But this sin has no crime. I mean, think about that. From commandments number 6 to 9, we've talked about murder, talked about adultery, or stealing and lying. All of these things, actually, they are crimes. It's punishable by law, right? But when you talk about covet, do not covet, it's not a crime. That's why it's intriguing. It's a sin, but not a crime. Now, think about that. If all of us had an anti coveting law, then all of us probably are in jail today. Amen? It's probably all of us. But there's no, you know, nobody can approach and say, uh, Pastor Ring, you are guilty of coveting. How do I know that? I don't. I can't. So, again, it's not a crime, but it is a sin. Secondly, it is only the commandment that deals internally. It's not external, not like, you know, the six to nine commandments, murder, stealing, lying, adultery. These are all external things. But this one deals with the internal, the heart and mind of a person. Okay? So that means, since I cannot see what goes on inside of you, no human being can judge you for it. But guess again, God is your judge. And only God and you can judge if you are doing it. Right? Thirdly is this. It is the only commandment, okay, that if you break this, it will break all the commandments. It makes you break all the commandments. Why? Because coveting leads to committing evil. For example, people steal... Because they covet other people's property, right? It is also the reason for many murders. We've heard the news, right? Taxi driver, pinatay, hold up, pinatay. Do you remember? You, remember what, you know what I'm saying, right? So, because of coveting. What else? People commit adultery because they covet their neighbor's spouse. And then, while, you know, bearing false witness or lying is done to cover up all the crimes because of coveting. So that's why this is such an intriguing commandment. Among all the other commandments, the 10th commandment is something really to hear and understand. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this to your neighbor do not covet. Do not covet. Covet, you know, um, when we were preparing this message, when we were preparing this message, the pastor was saying, you know, be careful, don't say covet. It's not covet. Okay, it's covet. Everybody say it with me. Covet. Uh, Lambut, you know? Covet. It's like, you know. But I don't know. That's what they say. It's a proper way of saying it. Covet. So all this time, I didn't know that covet is wrong to covet. So covet. I don't know, but that's our Filipino English, so I guess we're okay, right? Okay, but what is covet in the Old Testament days? Now, you need to understand that the whole Ten Commandments, it was given to the people of Israel. This was the time, remember, uh, they were actually slaves. For 400 years in Egypt, they were slaves. So being a slave, you don't own anything, Okay? You don't even have a paycheck. They don't pay you. You just have to work. They whip you if you don't work. That was the circumstance of Israel. And all this time, being a slave, suddenly, God gives them their freedom, right? And with that freedom, we all know the story. We have the prince of Egypt, Moses. right? He actually leads the people of Israel out of Egypt and what happened? God somehow caused the Egyptians to give off their wealth to the Israelites. Why? Because they were, they felt that they were so cursed. So they, they gave everything to them. Go, just just take everything you need. Take what you want. Just don't come back anymore. That's what the Egyptians said. So they were blessed. They had so much money in their hands and they didn't know what to do with it. That's why God said, no, you need the Ten Commandment because you might not understand what it is for. Because you might actually have a problem with this coveting. Because you might not be contented with what you have. So, Tenth Commandment, God placed it there. Now, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 21. It says, it's just an expanded version, and you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Now, Notice that the wife now becomes the first, uh, the, in Exodus 20, it was the neighbor's house, okay, because wife is of prime importance, okay, before the house. <laughs> and all the ladies say amen. Okay. So you shall not covet your neighbor's wife and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field or his male servant or his female servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that is your Neighbors, okay. Now you tell me, but Pastor, uh, today we don't have an ox in uh, in our in our house. We don't have uh, a donkey. We don't have donkeys here, right? Horses, probably, but expensive. We don't have them. It says they're anything that is your neighbors. So let's dig into what the context is, is talking about, what they're talking about in Hebrew. Now, the Hebrew word for covet is lachmod. Everybody say lachmod. I don't even know if you remember this after the preaching, but at least for the sake of you understanding Hebrew, it means this, to want or desire to the point of seeking to take away and own something that belongs to another person. So what it says there, do not covet, it's, it means this way, do not want or desire to the point of seeking to take away and own something that belongs to another person so the key operating words there are point of seeking to take away that means if you are at the point of seeking meaning planning you know you're trying to manipulate things already you're thinking about it you're to take o- plan to take away this thing covet this thing then you're in danger Some, if especially if that is something that belongs to another person So the question today we need to ask ourselves is this. Is it evil to desire or want for things? This is our first question today. And I will answer you with the very simple no. No. It's not evil to want or desire. In fact, it's innate. It's in our nature. God gave us that for a reason. Jesus Himself. Actually, desired things, and it's okay. Luke chapter 22, verse 15 says, And he said to them, This is Jesus, before he was, you know, to be taken up to Pontius Pilate, and what happened? He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Even God Himself desires, there's nothing wrong with desire. Then the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 31 says, But earnestly, what does it say? Desire. Desire the higher gifts and I will show you still more excellent way. So in other words, if you look at it, desiring its, itself is not wrong. God gave us that. Can you imagine if you don't desire anything? Um, how will you fall in love with somebody if you don't desire to be with that somebody? Can you imagine? Lalang, I don't have any desire for you, but we're married. You just you just can't, right? Because God gave us that. If there is no desire, there's no want or yearning or longing for somebody. Wow. Can you imagine? Can we actually have population explosion? None. Right? Because God gave it. It's sacred to him. He gave it to us. What can make it wrong or what can make it right? Will depend on this. It's called the object of your desire. That's where, you know, you gotta be careful. What are you desiring? Think about that. Just today, what are you desiring? The object. Let's look at the scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 21. He says, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife and you shall not what? Desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, etc., etc. In other words, anything that belongs to him—his house, his bed, his dining set, his furniture, his uh, TV, his laptop, his gadgets, his car, his dog, his helicopter—I don't know, his boat, his spaceship—anything that belongs to another, you just do not desire that. That's what it's saying. So, it is wrong. It becomes wrong when you desire something that does not belong to you. Now, the Bible says if you are desiring or lusting or coveting your neighbor's wife, house, field, servant, etc., etc., when we desire or lust or covet something that belongs to others, it's called sin. Pretty simple, right? That's what it is. You all know that I've got to have that attitude. You all know that? You know, I've got to have that. That's, that's nice. And sometimes you don't need a thing because you saw it. Wow. I got to have that. You all see this, you know, in, it's, it's, it's in your Facebook. They have this, ad, uh, uh, an ad that what comes out, you know, wow, it does that. It this, it does that. Like, woo. Kaling, ba? But you don't need it. But what happens, you say, I gotta have that. I just got to have that. It's kind of like the story of David. King David. You all know King David, right? Okay, King David. The famous David. Okay, The man after God's own heart. This guy actually owns a lot of things. He's the king of Israel. Think about that. He has everything. He's got horses, chariots, warriors, servants. He has the palace. He's got wives and he's got concubines not only that you know he's he's got everything and still walking on top of the roof he saw Bathsheba, right and then what did he say I gotta have that (laughs) I mean I gotta have her so what's evil about that is this when you start to look at and lust for that something happens a desire the desire what was supposed to be good is now turning into evil. What happened to that desire of David? David, you know, somehow managed to nurse that desire, coveted for this woman, and what happened? Evil came out of it. What happened? Cause the, you know, the people, who's that woman? Uh, that woman is married, married to a, to a, to your soldier, and finds out this soldier and sends him to war, murders him basically. So, murdered murdered Uriah and then he stole Bathsheba and then he lied to cover up everything. Now think about that. That's a, I've got to have that attitude. I've got to have what belongs to you. That's basically what happened. Now you need to understand that there is nothing wrong when we admire people and their properties. There's nothing wrong, okay? Uh, when you look at your neighbor and you know that this man, you know, is a influential person, you appreciate this person. Okay? Um, over uh, a night ago, I think one of our speaker, Alex Castillo, was here to to do a a talk with our singles. It was it was a powerful time. This man, you know, his integrity, you know, I, I admire that in him. We look up to him because of his stature, his position, and that's great. You know, you can admire a person for his position, his stature, even his property. Wow, you know, he's got this wonderful properties here, there, you know, God, God's been good, right? In fact, okay, it can actually inspire you and me to, to really work hard and train ourselves so that we can also become like this person. And there's nothing wrong with that. When we desire to have our own house, our own spouse, our family, career, our business, when it propels us to do the best, then that's good. It's a good desire. Amen. What's not good is when we start to feel a certain envy. There's a bit of some jealousy there for the things people have. You know what I'm saying? When you look at that person, why did na promote? Why did this person get the best? I mean, does it come to church? Does it come to victory? I mean, why? I mean, this one, this person, how come he gets that position? I'm better. Hmm. And then here it is, when envy comes, jealousy comes, you tend to compare yourself now. This is where coveting comes in place. It's kind of it's very subtle. It tells you, you know you're better than that, but he gets everything. He gets a brand new car. You have an old car. So then, when you tend to compare, what happens? It brings this word, okay? Are you ready for this? The word is discontentment. When there is such a discontent, dissatisfaction of what we have or where we are in life, coveting comes in. The desiring becomes evil. And this has nothing to do with your economic status. Okay, You can be rich and you have everything just like David and yet you're not satisfied with what you have. Vice versa, you can be the poorest of the poor But you're satisfied where you are. It's not about that. When we have this dissatisfaction, discontent of what we have or what we don't have, this is where the danger comes in. You're entering the danger zone of violating the 10th commandment. And you know, in the New Testament, James, he says this, in James chapter 4 verse 1 to 4 in fact a few weeks ago i've i've shared this message too it's in James chapter 4 verse 1 to 4 and it says what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you hmm you envy jealousy you desire and do not have so you what so what do you do you murder you covet And cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You know, the Bible is clear. Instead of you envying, quarreling, dissatisfied, why don't you go down on your knees and pray? Why don't we just come to God and ask? You don't have because you don't ask. Many times, that's where we get it, you know? That's where the enemy hits you really hard and say, Whoa, I gotta have that. I'm envious. Well, but all you need to do is ask. You can ask, amen. Are you a child of God? Amen. So you can ask. And then in the continuing verse, he says, You ask and do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly. The motive is wrong. To spend it on your passions. Isn't it amazing how God does not answer all our prayers? Now, can you imagine? Because it will destroy you and me. Because we ask for the wrong, with the wrong intention, the wrong motive. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You don't have to raise your hands, okay? But how many of you get uncomfortable when you see other people prosper? Right? Uh, Don't worry. I'll raise my hand. Ako na lang. Yeah. I've been serving God for the longest time. I'm a pastor. I've done my part, Lord. How come? I'm not prospering in wealth many times that's how it is. When you see somebody post in the Facebook, "Blessing, I have a brand new car. How do you feel? Oh, praise God. You? <laughs> brand new house. It's a Facebook. naman Magda? When you see know, when they announce? We have a brand new baby. Good for you. Ten years takame walapa. How about this? You see your friend. Got engaged. Yes. Ouch. Okay. Or let's, 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 you know, uh, let's make uh, a different position. What if you are the one who's being blessed and you're, you're promoted, right? You're promoted, you have the car, you have the promotion, you got engaged, you have the new baby, you're the one that's being blessed, right? And here you are. You're so excited and you want to celebrate. Lord, I'd like to celebrate with my friend. But the problem is you can't celebrate with your friend because you don't know how your, per, your friend will feel about you. Will your friend really celebrate with you? You see, that's a thing. I mean it happens to all of us. It happens to most of us. Get to celebrate. Let's not tell everybody. Pag nakitan nila, You know, that's not a heart of it. You know what God says about in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, and then weep with those who weep. James encourages us to rejoice and not envy. We can celebrate when people are blessed. Amen. So when, when you see people getting that promotion, praise God. Woohoo! I'm next. We have that saying, you know, every time I'm next. But whether I'm next or not, It's really okay because when you see people being blessed it's really a joy amen when envy enters your heart what happens that you don't get to have that joy with your friend there's no celebration your desire it changes already it leads you now to something else and that is desiring what that person has I want what he has I want what she has and let me, let me give you this. It, sa- it says here that desiring leads to evil when we desire what God did not desire for us. When we desire what God did not desire for us, it's saying, I'm discontented. I'm not satisfied. I don't like it. Now, the question is, where is this coming from? Did you ever ask that question? You know, here you are, you're hearing the message, you're saying, Pastor, I like the message, yes, that's, that's true. But how, how do I, where did this come from? I mean, I cannot understand this feeling. I don't want to be envious, but yet I'm envious. I don't want to covet, but yet I covet. What's behind all this? Well, it's very simple. We go back. Okay, we go back to the history where it all began, and that's in Genesis. You know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Let's jump in there. Genesis chapter two, verse nine. Okay, now this is God, okay, the beginning, right? He created everything, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, day one. So here is in, in verse nine. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree. That is what? pleasant to the sight, and good for food. And I want you to underline that. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we all know that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this is like the forbidden one, right? So what God is saying, everything that God made in the sight of man was all good. It was pleasant. It was, in fact, desirable. Imagine, there's this tree of life that was in the midst of the garden and they didn't know what it is. I mean, if only Adam and Eve knew what the tree of life was, then, you know, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't be here, right? We wouldn't have any preachings anymore. They missed this. We miss this. What happened? Everything was good. It was pleasant, desirable. You see, God's desire for man is all good. And it's pleasing. And it's perfect. We all know this. The tree of life was even given to man. Can you imagine that? Eternal life was already at, you know. That was there. Eternal life was already there. All they needed to do was take that tree and, you know, nurture that tree Eat the fruits of that, and you know, probably won't be here. We probably would be spending, you know, time with God today. We are in His presence, but that's not what happened. Let's look on in verse 16 and 17. The Lord God commanded the man, this is the command, listen to this. There shouldn't be any ten commandments if only man listened to this command. God said, You may surely eat of every tree, not just one, not just two, but everything, every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, what will happen? You will surely die. This is what God wants for Adam and Eve. Why? Because God is a loving God. He knows the best for you. He knows the best for man. And sometimes when we ask God and he, didn't, he doesn't deliver, it's because it's not good for you. You know, my daughter at five, she was praying for an iPad. And every every single time I come home, Dad, where's my iPad? Dad, where's my iPad? Where's my iPad? So finally, it was Christmas time. A year ago, a year ago, okay? I Of course, I couldn't buy her the iPad. And she's only about five years old. Uh, six Five years old. So I bought her a tablet. Okay? When you say, I'm cheap. But the reality was, she wasn't prepared for the iPad. But at least for starters, she could have the tablet. But today she has now the iPad. It's actually my iPad. I gave it to her. (laughs) Okay? But, you know, that's how God is. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, He doesn't love us, but He does. And when we look at our lives today and we say, God, you know, this is not what I really wanted. This is not the kind of life that I wanted. You guess again, you know, God has a plan for you. And it's always for your good. And that's what we have. Why? Because He is our Father. And as a father... His only desire is nothing but the best for all of us. Nothing but the best. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 7 says, but on God, who, who what? Who richly provides us with what? Everything to enjoy. You know, God has no problem, you know, of blessing you. He doesn't have a problem with that. He richly provides. In fact, you know, if you, If you, you know, another version of that probably would be like this who spoils you so much with everything, everything for you to enjoy. And what breaks the heart of God, of our Father, is when you do not want what He wants for you. When we do not desire what He desires for us. It's kind of like you know, a dad coming to you know to his child. It's the birthday of the child. So excited with the gift, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. He worked hard for it. Bought the gift, gives it to his child. And among all the other gifts, you were excited that your gift will be opened. And this this child of yours opens it, and he looks at it and he says, um, "It's nice, dad." But I want something else. Totally breaks the heart of the Father. We realize that we are like that before God. We don't want what He wants for us. Now, here's what happened. Genesis chapter three, verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. The woman saw something that God did not desire for her. Eve wanted something that God did not want for her. Kind of like saying, Dad, I don't like the food you're giving me. I want that one. Kind of like saying, Dad, I don't like what I'm seeing in my life. I like that one. I like his life. Kind of like, you know, Dad, I don't want your wisdom. I don't want your word, your Bible. I want that one. We all know the story. Satan lied. You know what Satan did? He stole the joy of our Father in heaven who desired nothing but the best for us. And that is to enjoy what he has given and enjoy his presence. That's what we missed. Because Satan said, there is something more desirable than God. So what's our problem? This is our problem. We are not satisfied with what God gave us. In other words, discontentment is really an issue of the heart. It's here. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 18 to 20, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart Come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Jesus himself said this. And he points out to the root cause of disobeying all the nine commandments. The problem is not an external one. It's an internal one. If it's just an external one, then it's okay. It's a behavioral change. You change your behavior, you're good. But Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is not after the external, the outside, what people see. God is so much interested in what's inside of us. The root cause of every sin in our lives. The root cause of why we disobey the Ten Commandments. You know what that is? It's an idol. He goes, deep inside the heart, your heart and my heart, lies an idol. And do you know who it is? It's me. That's me. That's us. That's why the 10th commandment points us back to the 1st commandment. There should be only one God. No idol, no anything, but only one God. You know what? An idolater has a punishment. There's a judgment for an idolater. So God... Even the Old Testament was after the heart. So if you think the Ten Commandments is just a bunch of rules, you're wrong. God was after the heart of the Israelites, and He is after your heart today. doesn't matter if it was in the Old Testament. Jesus says it. You know what's the judgment for an idolater? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, it says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is what? covetous that is an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God so what does that say about us and you have this question today is this who can change me who can change us from where we are you know one of the most powerful word ever given by God in the Old Testament was through a man named Ezekiel. It still actually speaks to us even today. And, I, and it's in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to 27. And I want you to really to listen very carefully of what God has to say. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to what? To walk in my status and be careful to obey my rules. The reality is today, this heart is beyond repair. It's beyond repair. It is a covetous heart and I'm guilty of that as well. You see, that's what we have because we have this fallen and sinful nature in all of us. But what we need really is a new heart. It won't do. If you, if you think your heart can change by this, the bunch of rules that we've heard, the Ten Commandments, it won't change. It cannot change. It will not change you. What, the only thing that can change is a new heart. In other words, only God can change the me in me. And here's the thing, and this is my question to all of you. Are you willing to give your heart to God today? And that's my question. And this is it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56 to 57, talking about the law, the commandments. The Apostle Paul said, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we have in Christ. You know, covetousness is a God that cannot be satisfied unless Jesus Himself becomes your God. You will still be in your covetous heart. But this is This is the gift that God gives us. Jesus says that if you receive me, if you know me, you will not hunger and thirst no more. You will not covet, you will not desire for anything else because I am here. We have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give God a big hand for that. Praise God. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just bow down our heads before God and, you know, just come in the presence of our Lord. And that is you. If that is you, you're saying, God, take away this old heart of mine. Change it today. I ask that. If that is you, lift up your hand before God. Yes. Let's lift it up before God. Lord, that's me. I want you to change my heart. Set a new spirit in me, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit come and sanctify my heart. Lord, take away the idol that's there, the myself idol. Take away, Lord God. We, We ask, Lord God, take it now and Lord, we set you in place in our hearts today that you are God and nothing more will take your place. So Lord, thank you, Lord God. Whatever it is we surrender before you, Lord God. Whatever it is that has caused us to sin against you, Lord God. Lord, we surrender our idols today. Just lift it up before God, just say, Lord, I surrender my idol to you. So Lord, thank you, Lord God, that we have received your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give God a big hand for that? Hallelujah.